Welcome to the Get Fit AF with Angie Fraser podcast, a fitness channel with a difference. We aim to challenge traditional views on fitness and what it means to be fit AF. We cover real questions from real people, including my clients and friends, chat with inspiring and passionate people, and maybe the odd rant along the way. Join us to get fit AF without the bullshit. Today, I want to talk about tracking your progress correctly. So some of you may have started a new fitness plan. It's the new year. Some of you might be working with me or doing something else, trying something else, which is fine. Um, And you were probably highly motivated when you signed up or decided to take that action, which is fantastic. It spurred you into change. But the problem with motivation is that it usually doesn't last or it kind of um, dips and goes up and down. And so what we want to do is get ourselves into a routine or a plan that doesn't rely on motivation to be able to implement it because the longer that we can stick out our chosen strategy, the better results we're going to have and the more body fat we're going to lose. So that's what I really want to talk about today is tracking your fat loss progress correctly. So how do you do that? How do you track your progress to know you're on the right track and should stick with your course of action? I want to use myself as an example um, in terms of weight loss versus fat loss. So last week I lost three kilos on the scales, which might sound really impressive, but I know the, the stats around that. And I know that I did not lose three kilos of body fat, unfortunately. So when you go through a period of overeating, hello, Christmas, New Year, uh, lockdowns um, for a long period of time and you gain a little bit of extra body fat, um, you can't reverse that mathematically in a matter of days or weeks. That's weeks. That is just not generally how the body works. So 70% of that three kilos that I lost was water weight and only a small component would be body fat and maybe a little bit of muscle mass and gut contents as well. I would hope that I haven't lost muscle in the process um, because I am doing resistance training, so that's a preventative measure. Um, But the ratio of body fat lost is only going to increase um, for the longer that I implement my plan. And so What that means is if I stopped because I lost three kilos on the scale and thought, beautiful, job done, I'm risking regaining more body fat by reverting back to old habits, um, potentially, and then having a bigger hole to dig myself out of in the long term. So I heard a really good quote last year. If you lost it quickly, it's not fat. If you gained it quickly, it's not fat. And it is so true. And one of the biggest errors I see is using scales only as a measure of your progress and whether you've succeeded or failed in implementing a plan. So this is why I ask my clients to take multiple measures. 
Another thing that I notice in coaching um, lots and lots of clients over the last couple of years for fat loss is that when body when you're losing more body fat, your scale weight rate of dropping generally slows down. So you start to see more visual progress, but you may not see as big as drops on the scales as when you first started and you were dropping all the water weight and gut contents. So it can still be motivating. Um, hopefully it's motivating enough to keep you going into the two to four week mark, which is when that ratio starts to increase. So I used to be generally doing a detox straight after New Year's, you know, um, which would generally involve, uh, I didn't really do supplemented ones, but I know that a lot of them do involve having to drink certain products. Um, I did one with a naturopath once and she was really well intentioned in what she was trying to achieve, but I had to eat a lot of food that I didn't really enjoy. And I now know that it was just simply being in a massive calorie deficit through eating, you know, shitloads of cabbage and beans and other plant-based foods which I stuck to because I thought that they were doing some magic detoxing of all the bad things that I'd done to my body over um, Christmas and New Year's but it just doesn't work that way unfortunately so I would drop a fair bit of weight in a relatively short amount of time like say two weeks and then I'd be like oh awesome done I don't have to eat that shit anymore but it really is not the case so oh I want to give you another example as well as part of my nutrition training we actually learned about how you can quickly drop body weight for for example for a weight making athlete if you are working with those kinds of people so people that need to drop weight for their sport so there's a thing called and I don't recommend it I did my own, I worked my numbers out and I gave it a try and I lost two kilos overnight and it's called, um, I think it's called water loading off the top of my head because I don't give it to clients. Um, it's yeah, because I want to do fat loss with people, not just drop weight. But what you do is you overhydrate. There are certain numbers to follow. So don't just drink as much water as possible because that can create um, risk factors. Um, so you work out the athletes' um, hydration rates. You you go a little bit above that. What they do is they start urinating more. Their their urine output upregulates, and then you drop the hydration back right before they're going to do weighing. You cut out salt, um, stuff like that. And so their, their urine output is still quite high. So they start losing a lot more fluid. So I lost two kilos overnight doing that. It's a pretty interesting process. Um, but it's, again, it's not body fat. It's you could decrease your body weight on the scales by cutting your hair or shaving your head if you've got really long hair, um, doing a big poo, any number of ways that is not actual body fat. So it's not legit. So um, there's also low, fi low fiber diets are used before people have bowel investigations or for weight making athletes. So that's another strategy that just really reduces the amount of food bulk in your gut temporarily. So I've actually heard that some of these detox supplements taste similar to 
the bowel prep that you have before you go in for these investigations. So that's fairly telling about what they're actually doing there. Um, so hopefully by now you can kind of see that losing weight on the scales and fat loss are not exactly the same thing. Um, so why do you wanna lose body fat specifically? Most of the women who start working with me say that one of their goals is to be more toned. So this would require in general more muscle and less body fat. So changing your body composition to be more muscular and have less, slightly less body fat. Um, there's associations with negative health outcomes having higher levels of body fat too. So it's not only about how you look and feel, um, you know, Body fat takes up a bit more space. It's a bit more porous in your body. So then you get that jiggly sort of effect and the widening out effect versus when you've got more muscle and the muscle fibers are more tightly packed and you feel firmer and you fit into your clothes better, um, that kind of stuff. So that is why we want to lose body fat and not just weight on the scales because we could lose weight on the scales and still have a higher level of body fat. So all of that being said, if our goal is to lose fat in order to look better, feel better, um, fit into clothes better, feel better naked, all that kind of stuff, um, all of that aside, genetics does play a bit of a role in where we store and how we lose body fat. So it's important not to become fixated on, you know, what's my body fat percentage or like fat, fat, fat. or I want to get rid of this fat here or that fat there. And don't fall into the comparison trap of comparing yourself to somebody else who might be doing the same plan or might have sold you the plan because genetics does have a bit of a role. We can certainly have a goal to improve our body composition if that's what we're after, but it's important to keep these things in mind. We can definitely improve our um, genotype, so what we're, how we're genetically predisposed, the kind of shape that we have, we can still improve that via these um, nutrition and fitness interventions, definitely. So it's not hopeless. Just don't compare yourself. Don't expect your body to lose fat from the places you want it to straight away. You can't um, control that. So all of that aside, um, how should you be looking at your progress? Uh, oh, I did just want to touch on as well. There's a stat from the National Weight Control Registry, which is in America. And so this relates to a lot of the stuff that I've read before as well, is that, and that I see from clients in person. And that is that 85% on a new, 85% of people on a new diet lose weight. 95% of them gain it back. So this is why I'm harping on about, it needs to be a plan that you can stick to. And I don't mean doing fat loss forever. I mean, structuring some habits, lifestyle changes that mean that you ultimately end up with less body fat over time and you can keep those results instead of regaining more body fat. And what that might mean is that you have a base, um, 
a base routine of these habits that you've mastered and you can adjust them up or down depending on whether you want to lose more body fat or maintain your results. So that's what I coach my clients on. So a lot of diet interventions don't allow for that um, coming out of the diet, which I think is a big oversight. So they're very much focused on getting the weight loss results. So drop that scale weight, especially in a short amount of time because in general that's what the consumer thinks they're after so you know you do that job done but it's not necessarily something that people can stick to so of the people who successfully keep the weight off um, and that would be five percent of the people who lost weight 98 percent of them modified their food intake and diet ongoing um, 94% of them increase their physical activity and 75% of them weigh themselves regularly. So while I'm saying don't focus on weight loss as a measure of your success, it's certainly a useful measure. If we look at those scales and we look at your average weight loss over time, and I'm talking like a period of two, four, six weeks, if you're losing body fat that should generally be gradually coming down as well. You should also be looking at your waist measures, how your clothes are fitting, um, and a visual uh, measure of progress like progress photos as well. I don't, um, I don't ask my clients for those, but I do ask them to take them for themselves because I have had many instances of people thinking that they hadn't made lost any body fat because the scales didn't actually move. But when they put their, say, four-week progress photo side by side, they just go, oh, my God, I would not have known that I look so different if I didn't do that. And so that's a really good indication that there's body fat loss that doesn't necessarily reflect on the scales. That being said, you should see a gradual increase over time. But if you're looking at those scales on a day-to-day -day basis or even week-to-week, -week, just looking at your progress, they might not accurately reflect the amount of body fat that you've lost. So taking those multiple measures of, of progress. I like my clients to measure their progress by their accountability tracker, which is really a visual tool to confirm the habits that you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis that relate to your fat loss. And that is not just restricting your calorie intake and doing as much exercise as possible. There's a whole range of lifestyle factors that will support fat loss. So I say to my clients, I don't care what the scales say at the moment, especially when you're first starting out. What I want to see is that compared to the week before, you're doing more of these fat loss habits that need to get done. And I never ever expect perfection from anyone and everyone can get results without being perfect. But what we wanna see over time is that if there are particular habits that you are at the start of the process struggling to master, we wanna see improvement in that. And that might be in terms of implementing your food selection, changing certain habits, um, getting some more sleep, increasing your hydration. Uh, those are just a few off the top of my head. So uh, 
looking at your progress as doing the actions required rather than always looking for that outcome. So you can set a weight loss goal, but if you're only ever focused on that outcome, it's going to be pretty hard to stay motivated to um, when, you know, when the numbers are not doing what you think think they should be doing and they won't always do that. So that's why it's important to look at your progress in terms of the actions that you're taking on a daily basis rather than just looking at those scales or just going, oh my God, I need to get to that outcome. Or even if you get to that arbitrary number that you set really quickly, uh, we still know that that may not be very much fat loss just yet. So um, when you're setting out the actions that you're going to take, it's really important to ask yourself, do you want a specific result or do you want a general result? So I will sometimes have people come to me and say, I want to look exactly like this person on Instagram. She is goals. And so this person clearly does bodybuilding, lots and lots of repetitions every week, um, and uh, is very rigid with their dieting, more than likely. Um, but that client may only be pre prepared to do very general actions, like they'll say, yeah, I want to look like this, but I'm really happy with just getting into exercise again. And the same thing with looking at your food intake. If you want to reduce your body fat in a short amount of time, you are going to need to get specific with how much food you're eating, how frequently you're eating, um, your portions, your macronutrients as well. If you're not prepared to take specific actions, you may need to adjust what outcome you want to get. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with general outcomes. And I would probably label, uh, name a few generalized outcomes as I just want to feel better. I want to have more energy. I want to um, be a healthier version of myself. So they're very general and subjective and, and maybe not that measurable. So it's really going to relate to um, your own perception of what you're doing. Whereas if you want to have a bodybuilder's body, you're going to need to take very specific actions there. So that's, that's a question to ask yourself when you start out and um, tr try to focus on specific actions if, you're, if the outcome that you're wanting is very specific. Otherwise, we can measure your progress by saying, how's your energy levels today? One to 10, how is your sleep? Um, how are you feeling? How are you, you know? It's really about making sure that you're taking the right action for your, um, your stated goals. So in a nutshell, the best plan is the one you can stick to for long enough to get legitimate results. It should be adaptable and flexible enough to account for unexpected things popping up such as work and family commitments. And it should be a part of your life rather than take it over. If you'd like to learn more about building a successful plan for you, email coach at fitaf.com.au or go to www.fitaf.com.au forward slash stop hyphen exercising. I'll put the links in the show notes too.